So yeah, welcome everyone. I'm Susanna. Um, I'm really stoked to be with you guys. I've had a bit of a cold this week, so if I just, <laughs> if my voice, oh wait, I need my water. Yeah, if my voice doesn't hold up, I'm sorry. You'll just have to bear with me. Um, yeah, so I just like had, well, two things about me. My husband is the um, youth pastor at LifePoint over in Rothwell. His name is Nick. And um, I just love this church. We've been a part of coming to Monday Night Prayer for a long time now. And it's just such a special place. This room holds such special memories for me. And so it's a real privilege to be with you guys. Um, so yeah, I just felt firstly, I have this word on my heart for you guys, um, for Rivers specifically. Um, and so I'm just going to like just give it. And then I just feel like there's maybe some people in the room that just need to respond and I'm going to pray for you guys and then I'll get into what I'm going to say. But um, yeah, I feel like God is saying to Rivers, he's calling you guys to first love. He's calling you guys back to what you did at first. In Revelation, it talks about, you know, when you lose your way, go back and did what you did at first. And I just really have this strong sense in my spirit that there are some people in this room that need to go back and do what they did at first. Um, and I feel like he's also saying, just stop comparing. That's a bit of a strong word to bring. I know you guys don't know me, and it's a bit like, whew. But it's the truth. You know, Jesus is the only one we can compare ourselves with. He is all his everything and his grace for us. Um, and so I just really feel like maybe there's some people in this room tonight that you need, to, you need to do something and get your heart right in that place so that you can actually go back and do what you did at first. Um, and that he's calling you guys back to the one thing. Um, yes, I'm just going to pray and just going to welcome God. And if that's you tonight, if you feel like that little word resonates with you, just invite you to just put your hand on your heart and just respond to that right now in your own like moment with God. <sighs> Jesus, we love you. God, we love you. And we just say that you're worth our time. So we just say right now, God, bring us back to our first love. Bring us back to what we did at first. Bring us back to who you are, God. Help us, Lord, we need your help to stop looking to the right and the left, God, to keep our eyes fixed on you, our prize, Jesus. Yeah, God, we just ask you to be with us, Father. Help me to share from your heart. Amen. Okay. So I'm just going to start with like a little bit of my story, just because you guys don't really know me that well. Um, so I was one of those 15-year-olds that just wanted to go to Africa. Like, who else here is like that? Who's like, when they were 15, all they wanted to do was go and do missions. Yeah, Lisa. <laughs> Great. Um, and I just so badly wanted God to use my life for his glory. Like, um, it was the only thing I wanted. It was the only thing I really ever thought I would do, was just be, give my life to missions, go to Africa. Um, and so, I, when I graduated high school, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do DTS with what? With YWAM. Oh my gosh, my voice. I'm going to go do DTS with YWAM. 
I'm going to just, you know, do all the things that, you know, a 17-year-old does when they're, like, not sure what to do with their life. Although YWAM is awesome. If you've ever done it, good on you. It's the best thing ever. Um, and I just thought, like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I'm just going to come and be with God. Um, and so, really, I was scared. I was really, really afraid. I was really afraid that, like, I wouldn't measure up to my full potential. I was really scared that I would, really, that I wouldn't do what God wanted me to do with my life. And so it really just began to come out in every part of my life. Like, um, I just started to have this insane fear of missing out. Like, insane. I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't eat. I was so afraid of who I was friends with. Were they, like, going to get in the way of me being the greatest? Which is so full of pride. Um, and was I going to marry the right person? So afraid of that one. Married a great man though. God's awesome. Um, so yeah, FOMO is really ugly. Like it's really disgusting. And it kind of comes out of you and it ruins your friendships. It ruins your relationships. Um, and it kind of just puts you first. And so I just realized how dis- discontent I was. And so, I don't know, through like my late teen years, early 20s, God started to, God started to really deal with this in my heart because... I really love him and I wanted him to fix me. <laughs> like, Jesus, help me. Um, I was really discontent with having a normal life, like going to work, coming home, loving God. It's really just, oh God, there's so much more for me. Um, but then I started to realise that I really wanted him more than I wanted any kind of call. Like, Jesus is our greatest prize. He is our greatest prize. Yeah, good one, Ash. Yell out at me, guys. I don't do this very much. <laughs> um, so yeah, like later in my 20s, got married. I'm still in my 20s, by the way. <laughs> got married. Um, and then again, ended up where all 20-somethings go when they're in the middle of like a bit of an identity crisis. We went to IHOP. Um, <laughs> it's kind of the place, but it's great. You should all go there. I like wouldn't recommend anything else that you could spend your time, your money on than going and sitting in a prayer room. It was just amazing for me. And he just started to do some like really deep like heart surgery on me. The kind of heart surgery that you're kind of just oh, torn open and kind of left bare and then the blood vessels are pumping and you're just not sure what to do. And oh, it was horrible. Um, it was so horrible, but it was actually incredible at the same time. It was one of those times in my life where I just remember God being so close to me in the midst of so much pain as He began to like tear out of my heart all this ugliness, all of these, you know, the things that I hadn't surrendered to Him. And um, in that season, the person in the Bible that spoke to me the most was Mary of Bethany. And so I just want to share a little bit tonight about her and about what she did and about how we can really lean into Jesus in prayer and make Him our one thing. Um, So I'm just going to read from Luke 10, if you've got your Bibles. Luke 10, Luke 10, 38. I'll give you guys a sec to grab that. It's great to read, like read it. (laughs) Okay, Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. 
And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And this story, while I was in the prayer room, God just began to speak to me about this story, about being a Bethany, being a Mary of Bethany. Not being a Bethany, it's a place. <laughs> um, yeah, about being a Mary and about what does it look like, Susanna, to make God your one thing, to make me your one thing. And I remember sitting there, it was probably in like, I don't know, 2 p.m., the worst time of day to be in the prayer room because you're like kind of tired and you're like dozing off. And <laughs> yeah, I just remember him whispering to me so kindly, like so kindly, but it also had a bit of a sting. Susanna is loving me enough for you. Like, is loving me enough for you? Am I the only thing that you desire? Am I your one thing? What if you never go places, you never lead ministries, you never travel again, or you never do anything of consequence? Like, ah, what if I clean toilets for the rest of my life? Ah, I don't think that's like what I'm going to do, praise God. But he just said to me, Susanna, would loving me be enough for you? And I just remember sitting there and I was like, ah, God, what is this? Like, what are you pulling out of me right now? And I realised that really my FOMO had meant that I'd actually put my success in what I would do for him rather than who I was to him. And that my success was not in being loved by him. And so God just began to take me on this journey. Oh, Susanna, what does it look like? for your success to be wholly and wholeheartedly rooted in loving me. Like in loving me with your whole mind, with your whole strength, with your whole body. And it talks about it in Mark 12, it's the first commandment. Love me with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. We cannot underestimate the power of that verse. We cannot underestimate the power of it because it's actually what, what grows us, it what does the deep work in us. And so this actually, this call to love him with your whole life, to love him as your number one success, it will actually be the most important thing you ever do. Like nothing else, nothing else matters, nothing else. If you don't have that as your number one, you know, it talks about it in Corinthians 13, without love, we're just like a loud noise. And I just, I just remember being so, so shocked that that wasn't the number one thing in my heart. I thought it was, but my actions spoke otherwise. And so I just want to talk about what that looks like in prayer. What does that look like for us to be wholeheartedly given to God, the actions, the practical things we need to take to actually make him our one thing, to make him, you know, Mary, she sat, she was with him. She made time for him. So yeah, I have two little points. Um, because I'm a one on Enneagram and I'm also a J. So I'm going to have two points. <laughs> um, so my, number, my first point is your time in prayer with God is a choice. Yeah, great. Um, Mary, she was like this woman of no consequence like 
she did nothing with her life. She probably herded sheep or I don't know what she did. Um, but she saw Jesus when everybody else around, around was actually trying to like suck up to him. Like, you're a great rabbi. She sat with him and she made time to be with him. And I just began to realize that he would never be my one thing. He would never, this would never deeply root in my heart unless I made the time, unless I set apart and I sacrificed my time to slow down and to be with him. Um, and let me tell you, it's really hard. Like, ah, oh, it's really, really hard. It's hard to make time for him. Like our world is so busy. Um, and the demands and pressures of today are so high. Like, they're so high. I've just been off Instagram for like the last two months. And let me tell you, it's actually so much more peaceful in my life without it. <laughs> like, um, I'll probably go back on because, you know, I'm kind of a millennial. But, um, yeah, it's so, so, oh, all the time. Things at us all the time. And the world will try its hardest to steal your peace, to steal your identity, and to steal the demands and pressures of today. And sorry, the demands and pressures of today are higher than they have ever been in history. Like, we have more information coming at us, we have more options, we have more careers we can choose. Like, it's overwhelming, all the things. They just make up new jobs every other week, you know, because they just need to fulfill a new thing. Like, it's overwhelming. But if I had never made time to go and sit in that prayer room and be with him, I mean, I'm sure God would have gotten through to me because I really did love him and really did want him. But I'm just so thankful that I made that time. I'm so thankful that I set aside that nine months to be with him, intentionally to be with him. Um, yeah, so David really knew this. He knew that God, time with God was a choice. Um, Psalm 27.4 is just like the best ever, best Psalm ever. One thing I ask from God, this only do I seek, that it may dwell in the house of the Lord all my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. He was a person of the one thing. And I reckon he had less time than any of us. I mean, he lived in like 1000 BC or something like that. So there's definitely no technology. But he was a shepherd, he was a king, he was a father, he was a warrior, a commander, a worshipper, he was a creative. He probably painted as well, but he wrote so many psalms, he wrote so many songs. He also was a husband to like 20 wives. That alone would have taken up his whole life pretty much, like all of his time just given to like, okay, wife, I'll give you attention, I'll give you attention. Like it would have just been overwhelming for him. Um, but he made time to be with God. He made time to be with God. And so you can choose to carve out that daily space with him. Prayer is something that we choose to enter into. It's something that we actually have a choice. Um, and like, I know it's hard. It's really hard sometimes. You just sit there, you turn the music on, bing. You maybe like have a little sneaky peek at like Instagram because you're not sure what to do for the next 10 minutes or 15 minutes or however long you have. And then you maybe open up your Bible and you just sit there and you're like, okay, God, I'm here. But your mind is full of other things. We can all relate to this. Um, and then 
I don't know, you kind of push through it a little bit. You're like, okay, I'm just going to move a little bit. I'm just going to like stand up. I'm going to, you know, put my hands in a posture of surrender. I'm going put to put on some music that really stirs my spirit, you know, gets me thinking, gets me feeling. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's not so hard because you pushed past that initial, ugh, why am I here? And all of a sudden, fear, anxiety, depression, addictions, anger, greed, frustration, unforgiveness, all of a sudden they can't actually thrive in your life because you've actually carved out that time. You've chosen to carve out that time with him. I used to battle with really, really bad anxiety. Um, Well, for a, a pretty long season, for a couple of years, it was pretty bad. And I just remember the times I would spend with God were no different. Like I was anxious. I was so anxious. And it was when I was really dealing with this like fear of missing out. Um, and I just remember like, even though I was so full of anxiety, it just got less and less. Every time I carved out that space to be with God, um, it's, it's actually your greatest weapon. It's your greatest weapon against fear. It's your greatest weapon against um, depression. It's your greatest weapon against anxiety. And I just believe, I believe, I believe that when you carve out that space, God's going to meet you in those things that you're battling with every day. If you can do it every day, do it. If you can't do it every day, do it a couple times a week. Carve out space for Him because it's the only way that He'll actually become your one thing. Okay, second point. I've only got two, so. <laughs> you don't have to wait for like five points later. Um, So this is like the second story about Mary that I really love. And this is the one that really, really wrecked me hardcore. Um, So about a year later after the first story, Mary came and Jesus, it was like maybe a week or two weeks before his burial, before he died. And she came and she brought this like beautiful, expensive jar of oil, jar of perfume. Um, And she came and she broke it over Jesus. She broke it over his head. And this jar of oil was worth so much money, like 50 grand. It's a lot of money. Um, But she made Jesus her success by doing that. She said, actually, no, it doesn't matter. This is actually, it was probably her inheritance. It was probably what she was supposed to sell and live on for the rest of her life. But she said, no, Jesus, you're worth it. You're worth my inheritance. And um, I just remember reading this and just being so struck by what it actually means. It actually means that your whole life isn't your own. It means that you've been called to bring him a costly gift. Because that gift was very costly. Um, And Jesus actually said when she poured this over um, when she poured this over him, she, he said, leave her, like they rebuked her. Why, was, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages. But then Jesus rebuked them and he said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. And so my second point is that your time in prayer is a sacrifice, it's costly, but it's so precious to him, like so precious to him. Um, 
And it was a valuable gift because it was given from this place of devotion, this place of wholehearted Jesus. I'm just, I'm laying out my life before you right now. Like I was with my fear of missing out. I'm saying, Jesus, you're actually worth me doing something boring and mundane for the rest of my life if it means that I love you the most that I can. Um, And that's a really hard, hard thing in our culture for me. I found that so hard. And it's not even just our life, it's the little things, it's our time. We have lots of things we can offer him as our sacrifice. Like we can offer him money, we can offer him, what can we offer him? Like, you know, our car. I don't know, that'd be great. If anyone needs to give anyone a car, I'm here. (laughs) Need a new car. (laughs) Um, But the thing that we can offer him the most is our time. Like it's the only resource that can't be bought and sold. It's actually priceless. Um, And it will cost you. It will be uncomfortable. But I can guarantee it's the only way that you'll actually come to this place of knowing God is your one thing. It takes time. So what does this look like practically? Um, Maybe it's your time in a prayer meeting, Monday nights, every night, 7 to 8.30, right here. It's an incredible space to just give that costly offering. Yeah, it's a good time. Monday night was awesome, um, this past Monday night. So great. And if you've never been along, I just encourage you to come along and come and bring that gift of that hour and a half to him. And not because you want to just soak or lie on the ground, (laughs) but because you actually want to come and be with him intentionally um, and really pray for the things that are on his heart. That is a beautiful thing that we can offer him. And it's not that much, an hour and a half on a Monday night. What else are you doing? Um, Your time studying the word your time in the secret place, which is so important. Your time studying Mike Bickle or studying, I don't know, who do we study these days? Bill Johnson, I don't know. (laughs) Your time asking him to change your suburb. Your time asking him to set free your friends that are addicted to all kinds of things. Addiction is like, oh, so gross. It's just one of the main things that plagues our culture these days. And I just believe that our prayers make such a difference. And that's a costly gift we can bring him. We can give, bring him our hearts, but we can also bring him a contending for our friends that are like a bit broken and our families. I just, I have so many friends that have actually consistently prayed for their families and seen remarkable change. And I believe he can do it. Um, yeah. So what does this like all look like? What is like the big question I'm asking tonight? Well, not really a question. It's more like just a statement. (laughs) You have to start. (laughs) You have to start somewhere. Um, There is a few places you can start. You can start by just bringing that costly offering of your heart to him and saying, Lord, like I want to be with you and I want my whole life to be around you. It's like that re-consecration, that rededication of who you are, of your heart, of your mind, of your soul. But the main thing is, is to really ponder this question. Is loving him my success? And is the first commandment really in the first place in my life? And am I creating space in my life for him to be my one thing?
Am I carving out a time where I can sit with Jesus daily, weekly, monthly? And it's a habit that like takes time, but I can almost guarantee you, if you're doing it from a place of surrender, from a place of like genuinely wanting to be with God, it will completely change you. I'm not talking about legalism either because like, you know, we can carve out time for God every single day and it really not make much of a difference if we're not engaging our hearts in it. But the thing about the way Jesus loves us is that it's not actually about us doing the work, it's all about Him. And so surrender, true surrender actually puts it all back on Him. Like, I know when I hear um, sermons like this, I get a little bit like, oh, also because I'm one, if you know Enneagram, you're like, oh, I could be better, I could be better, I'm not spending enough time with God, <sighs> like, my life is a waste. <sighs> and I start to get a little bit stressed, a bit anxious. I know there's a few people that can relate to me, hopefully. <laughs> um, but the thing, about, the thing about God is that it actually puts it back on Him and it says, Jesus, I trust you to work this out in my life. Like, I trust you. Yes, I'm making a choice. And yes, I know my sacrifice is val- valuable to you, but I'm actually making space and I'm putting my heart on the line and I'm saying, Jesus, I let you do this transformation in my life. Um, And that's all prayer is. It's just coming to God and being like, Lord, I want to be with you. I don't know how. (laughs) Help me. Um, Yeah. Um, Toby, could I get some keys? That'd be great. (laughs) Thanks, Toby. Mm. So, like, the cool thing about Jesus is that he doesn't condemn us in any place where we've misplaced stuff in our hearts or in our, or in our like, identity. It's not like he's there like, you don't pray enough. You don't spend time with me enough. You're not with me enough. He's just so kind. And I just feel like tonight he wants to just breathe that kindness over you guys. Um, and I really want to just invite you to respond to tonight, tonight to this invite you to respond to actually saying, Lord, I don't know how to make you my one thing. Like, or my success really isn't in you, Jesus. But I really, really want it to be. I just feel like tonight He wants to just carve out some space for you to just process that with God. Maybe to just pray about anything that's getting in the way, any barriers. Maybe there's some things you just need to bring before Him and just help me, Jesus. I just feel like the thing for the rivers this year is that God wants to bring a reality that every person that walks in this room knows that their success is to love Him and be loved by Him. And I just feel like you guys are gonna be the forerunners for that in this community. Kalanga is so needy. And our prayers are powerful, yes, but if they're not rooted in delight, they can become so burdened, you know? So I just like wanna pray for us right now and I wanna open up the front We're gonna take some communion. So just come and take your communion and just be with God and just say, Lord, how can I do this in my life?